get into this? Let's do it. Babe! No, I'm not going to do the babe. <laughs> um, welcome to this week's Beside Ourselves podcast. We're joined by Cam. Do you want to plug anything? Oh, I don't know. What you... <laughs> uh, no, nothing to plug. Nothing fun. All right, cool. <laughs> Let's say, or do you want to do you want to be introduced by your full name or just by Cam or Cameron or um just Cam works which or whatever okay. you guys think works best. Cam, well, Cam. We've introduced you by all. What I I don't I don't need no branding. Uh, just go full name that works. Right off the bat, Josh, I want to say I feel kind of bad for picking this album for you. Yeah, I mean, I know you like. You like no bragging rights and some harder stuff, but like if I would have picked like every time I die's newest album, you probably would have enjoyed it more. So I've Too. yeah, I've heard some tracks off that and it actually it, like yeah. months ago. Cause I've so I have friends who obviously Cam being one of them who like this band, and <laughs> there's so many other reasons like around the band that it makes total sense for me to be a fan of them. Yeah. And I just yeah. um I like I like melody and singing too much, I think, uh, for them to like it's been harder for me to get into them. Um, and even like because even the harder stuff I like is still pretty has yeah. like a lot of clean vocals and, um, you yeah. know, so but like this was the album that got me into them because like Easy Tiger and New Black were like my my get- gateway when it came out. And then I got into Hot Damn and some of the other stuff. I'm not saying I'm the biggest fan, but I like a lot of Every Time I Die. But oh yeah, as by the way, season. listeners, we are today's episode is uh <laughs> we are doing an album retrospective of Every Time I Die's uh 2005 album Gutter Phenomenon. Yeah. I guess Sometimes we get right into oh, it yeah. and forget to tell people <laughs> what we're doing. They'll figure it out. Just let them yeah, just let them figure out. They'll they'll get the pieces. Yeah, and um you know, we uh, we decided we've been him hawing about what album to do for a while. Um, and, um, uh, I thought we better do it soon because they've, you know, had some unfortunate recent, uh, yeah. news. Oh yeah. Very so. unfortunate. <laughs> so this is like a, uh, a celebration of life. Yeah. For every This is my I closure. <laughs> Until they're on Riot Fest in 20 years. I mean, mostly we'll, because, yeah, we'll see. I was about to say mostly because I follow, I only follow Keith Buckley on most social media stuff. Not that I have anything against anyone else in the band, but he's just more on social media. Right. I feel like, oh, yeah, and sure. I've always thought he was a really level-headed, cool guy. I'm hoping in the future they're like, you know what? We missed this. Let's get back. Squash the beef. I don't know what the beef completely is. I've only, I've read the two statements, but I have not dived further into the rabbit hole. Yeah. They haven't, they haven't been super, super open with it. They've, they've been kind of keeping it as close to the vest as possible, which I amend them for because that's pretty tough to do, especially with uh, Keith kind of blasting everything on Twitter. So it's just kind of yeah. tough. But uh, yeah, a little, little messy of a uh, breakup, but what can you do? <laughs> I'm hopeful for your sake that because, you know, uh, there's brothers in the band on, on separate sides of the schism that yeah. that will help yeah. the the there like not be a feud develop although family sometimes makes it worse not makes look it at oasis sure, like sure. that band yeah. will <laughs> but, yeah yeah this is pretty much just like the metal metal core version of oasis at this point i'm feeling like <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see how long this lasts <laughs> and i don't brag all the time about being an every time i die fan because like i said i've i know two albums really well and then 
scattered little songs I've liked along the way. But like a lot of every time I die fans I know are like they are hardcore every time I die fans. How many times I've been oh, to yeah. shows and I see the the symbol, the E symbol or whatever on people's jackets. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's I, I dove in pretty much once I started listening to them. It pretty much this album was almost it was pretty much between this album and their next one. After this one, uh, the Big Dirty was when I kind of just jumped into them. That's a good album, too. Oh, it's solid. Yeah, I really like that one. It's just they got really into the Southern influences, which I really dug. They kind of just gave them something different compared to all the other metalcore that that was releasing around then. Something that kind of helped them stand out a little bit, I think. I have that note for a song later in the album, but that's what I was hoping when I first got into this album would be more like. But then the next album was exactly what I was hoping it'd be like. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like they they started playing with it on this album and then really got into it on The Big Dirty. Does... Is this so? I read some reviews, um, like some old reviews to kind of wrap my head around it, and it seems like this is the album where they they started to diversify their sound and alienated some of their fan base. Like, harkens me back to like, uh, you know, uh, they're only chasing safety by under oath. Like people loved it, but then uh, like a lot of the old fans are like, it's not hard enough. Like, yeah, yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that. Their first two, I would say between like hot damn and uh, last night in town, you could tell it's just, it's, they're going hard every single song. Go to phenomenon. I, they started playing with the, a lot more melodic influences, which I think has stuck with them since then, which only helped them last longer. I think. Oh, yeah. Another issue with going back further in their discography. So when I got into this, it was about the same time I was starting to listen to a lot of music like this, like The Bled and Norma Jean. But I liked their newer stuff, like Bayonet Network and whatnot. And like the hardcore kids that I was hanging out with were like, oh, you're such, you're an idiot. You're not listening to the good stuff. Like Last Night in Town and older, you know, all the, like, I like one Norma Jean album and people lose their shit over like, you don't like... What is it? Oh, Martyr or Oh God? Not, not Oh God, the math or math. The the one before that with like the little girl on it. I, I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember the name of me, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But they would yeah, give they me shit for liking. Too. They got more melodic too. Yeah. yeah. They kind of almost followed almost the same formula. They got like a little more melodic and people were, did not like it. But it got people like me into it. So true. Yeah. It's, it I think it only, yeah, it helps. It's, it's that weird almost pros and cons thing of it where you're going to get new fans, but you almost, you don't want to upset your standing fans, which you gotta, you gotta make new fans just to stay relevant. It's the only way. I think in the end, you just got to do what makes the most sense to you. Right. So make, makes you happy. Yeah. Yeah. If you're just, if you're not enjoying it and you're just doing it for other people, it's, it's no fun. Oh yeah. For sure. For sure. So my, um, we're kind of already doing it a little bit, but I figured I'd do my personal history piece first just because I have the least. Um, so my my personal history with Every Time I Die is that, um, you know, like I've said this a lot of other times, like I there'll be a band and I'm aware that a band with this name exists, but I don't necessarily know anything else about the band. That was kind of my existence with them for a long time. And then I kind of became more aware of them because um, when Fallout Boy broke up, 
I uh, checked out the damn things because, um, you know, Joe and Andy are in that. And then, and Keith is the singer for that. So I was like, okay, this is cool. Um, Yeah. And we got the, we got to see them at Rye Fest, uh, which was cool. Um, And then, and this is the thing I was talking about earlier, where I was like, it makes sense for me in other aspects to be a fan of this band because they do their, their, I I heard about their tid the season show because Dave Christ used to work on it. And he was like talking about it or promoting it. One of those times he was on the old wrestling podcast. And I was like, Oh, there's a band who there's a wrestler in the band. And then they also do like a concert festival thing with a wrestling show. Like that's really cool. Um, And then like Andy Williams is, in this band and then also as a wrestler on aew and he is like one of the most unique cool looking wrestlers on the roster um for sure looks for like sure. a barber it's... who would like murder you <laughs> oh yeah he's basically like like if i could picture like my dream life when i was like five that's it like in like playing in rock bands and a professional wrestler you just got you got both best of both worlds he's kind of like uh... He's he's kind of like living uh, Chris Jericho's dream, but with more street cred. Like <laughs> yeah, rock exactly. star wrestler, but not like dad rock and yeah. Know. Yeah, like they write their own songs instead yeah. of like uh, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, that and, and then I, I also have a, a note. The other my other piece of personal history is Cam really likes them. So, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went through most of my personal history. I mean, I saw him once at Warp Tour, and it was an amazing show. But that's about it when it comes to my personal history. Like I told you how I got into them and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, for me, it was I got there was I can remember it pretty specifically. It was there was some compilation I got at a Hot Topic, probably two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Had a bunch of can't remember the name of it to save my like the life of me, but it had a bunch of like ferret. Rise Records, pretty much any metalcore you can think of was on it, and it had the new black on it, and that was one of the that was the first song I heard by them, and it hooked me instantly. So that it basically went from that to the Big Dirty, and I listened backwards from there, and then saw them live, and what them live is what really really got me hooked. That live show is infectious. Their energy is insane, and well, now it was it was insane. <laughs> and uh. Was this year the f- the only time that you ever got to go to the the E-tid, or the Tid the Season show? Yeah, this year After- was the first year I was actually yeah able to go. I've gotten tickets before, and it's just never worked out. Right. Just going from Michigan to Buffalo in the middle of December is usually kind of a pain. Uh, yeah. Usually, the weather was garbage or something, or just wasn't wasn't in the cards. But this year, I ended up being the, the last one in their last show in general, which is nuts. Just didn't think that would be happening when I was there. It's so bittersweet, but I'm so happy for you that you finally got to go to that. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it lived it's... up to it lived up to the expectations for sure. Like the wrestling was insane. Everyone there was having a good time. It was like totally worth, and it was it lived up to the expectations too. It was an amazing event. Cool. Yeah, it looked cool, fun. Cool. I, yeah, I was like, I don't have a follow up. It was, it was cool. It was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, the lineup this year, through you and Jess. Yeah. Yeah. No, this year's lineup was nice. It was like Ice T was there. That was crazy. Um, lots of other bands. Um, the Bronx are really good. Got to see their uh, mariachi, uh, mariachi side project, which is cool. Mariachi El Bronx. 
That what? Was really cool. I didn't oh, know that yeah. existed. Yeah, I like the Bronx. Yeah, the Bronx. Yeah, check out Mariachi El Bronx. Be- it's just like a whole mariachi side project. <laughs> to be honest, I just recently realized like two and three. Isn't that they only number their albums, right? <laughs> or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's yeah, just pretty much one, two, three, four. Yeah. Two and three I loved. And recently, mm-hmm. you know, the past couple of years have become a giant vinyl collector. And it's the only ones I can't find. You can easily find the newer ones, but oh, yeah. I want two and three. And those are like three hundred dollars on discount. They're impossible to find. I don't know why. Like they're impossible. Just re release it. So good. It's it's so yeah, it'd be so easy for them just to re release it, but yeah, you gotta make that money somehow. But but yeah, no, that that that's that fest was one of my favorite fests I've been to. It was just good energy all around. But yeah, it's awesome. Well, it's it's cool to say that you, even though it sucks that they broke up, that you went to their last show. That's pretty cool. So yeah, it's I kind of knew going into it like after everything blew up because I think it was like two weeks before the show, everything was kind of blowing up on Twitter and everything. And then I kind of went in knowing like this might be it. They were they were uh, originally still scheduled for that tour with Under Oath, so I thought everything was going to go through just fine. Like they were making it sound like everything was going through the show. They sounded great. Nothing seemed off. Seemed like every other show they've ever played that I've seen, same energy. But I guess well, yeah, I remember didn't work out anymore. I remember Jess talking about it at that when we were in Lansing, uh, like the yeah. beginning of December. That like there was a rift between the lead singer and the rest of the band and something about like him taking a break and them maybe going on without him or for a while or whatever. I'm, I'm it's, I don't know if it's just like the logistics or that the show was imp- that specific, their branded yearly show is important enough to them to put all of it aside to do one more, but I'm just really glad that it happened. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it worked and, out. I, I, I don't think they would have, it would have had to have been something huge for them not to play that show. That was kind of like their just way to wrap everything up. Yeah. It's, the a, city. it's a nice way to put a bow on it. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. Just kind of at least to say, Hey, that was it last show. But I guess uh, at least it sounds like the rest of the members besides Keith, they're going to start doing their own thing. So hopefully have something in the not too distant future. Yeah. You're, you're going to get more good music. That's in a similar vein and that'll be fun. And honestly, if, uh, if you can get, you know Danzig and the rest of the Misfit Misfits to do a tour together, and you can and and Axl Rose and Slash are like okay and have been for years now. And like Guns and Roses, like if once Guns and Roses got back together after like you couldn't even like say the other guy's name in a room with those guys. Like it's it was it's like I I would hear these like interviews with Slash, and it's just like you'd get some interviewer that didn't know any better and would say something and it was just like, it would kill everything. And so the fact that those two dudes can coexist at like, I have faith that any band can get back together after they break up at some point. It might take a while, but I think it'll happen. That's what I'm hoping to. I'm hoping fingers crossed. <laughs> cool. Shall we get into it? Yeah. Um, Stat sheet. Yeah. Real quick. Uh, so Gutter Phenomenon is their third studio album. It was released on August 23rd, 2005. Um, and within the first year, it had sold uh, 68,000 copies. Revolver picked it as uh, its album of the year. Um, got to 71 on the Billboard uh, 200 album chart and number 10 on the top independent albums. Um, and then, I, you know, it's funny. So, like, I was like, 
listening and like reading the lyrics and i'm like i don't have any fucking idea what <laughs> keith is talking about here at all like and then yeah. I, I when i was going through i found this interview where he's doing like a retrospective and he literally say, he, he says um like they asked him like what inspired the lyrics he said anything i could see i don't think there's a single theme on the record i don't even think the songs are about anything it was all just a stream of consciousness i don't remember i don't remember being emotionally invested in any of them and i was just like oh that would have been cool to read before i like spent all this time like trying to like i was like i gotta have something to say about these songs like i still have my opinions on what they're about even if he yeah, has yeah, yeah. they're not about anything <laughs> Yeah, that's how, that seems his usual writing style is he just it's almost like just word vomit at some points. So he might it's not like be poetry. writing about something in particular, but he's he's putting words on paper. <laughs> when there's a lot of like really cool like turns of phrase in the songs, but I'm just like, um, man, like what? I don't know what this is about. So oh, he can write. But yeah, sometimes I'm even I'm just kind of like, I don't know what you're saying, man, but it sounds cool. Um, and then the the one other thing I got, and this kind of uh, echoes something you were saying earlier, and I can't remember now if that was before we started or if it was after, but just kind of like they, um, on this album, they really started to like embrace some of their Im influences that they had tried to like hide bef before the Southern rock stuff that we were talking about. Um, and that's kind of where this uh, progression that we see here comes from. Just like actually digging into those influences instead of like thinking they needed to make an album a certain way because that's what the hardcore community wanted from them. Hardcore. Hardcore yeah. parkour. Yeah. No, it's weird. It's like the, the hardcore community, it's they like to almost they're almost like too rooted in what they've been listening to for as long. So it's with what's nice with every time I die, they didn't honestly really care. So most every album they've been releasing, they've had a little bit of a tweak to their sound and the hardcore metal community has been sticking by them, which I think is cool. Like they'll lose some fans, sure, but they've been sticking close true to their guns, which I, I appreciate as as a listener. And Are a you a hardcore fan, would you say? Like, oh, yeah. That's your genre of choice. What did you think yeah, of Turnstile? I, I, I love Turnstile. It's okay. That's yeah. That's one of my albums of the year. It's. I feel like the I hardcore like community was split on it. Yeah, it's. I I could see kind of the route they were going with it from their last album, their progression. They were they were leaving that straight up, strictly super like. Straight edge, just buttoned up hardcore, and going with like a more almost dream pop sound. I, I you can kind of see it coming, through their other albums. So I saw it coming, but I love it. It's. It's amazing. I couldn't stop listening to it when it was first coming out. I still just love it so much. Mm -hmm. no, I think in so the good. end, in the end, it all comes down to like, are you one of those people that you're like, this is what I like? Or are you like, I like hard, like Cam, like you like hardcore, but you also like hip hop and like, you know, like much lighter, like pop punk and like other, like, you know, bands like that. So, but there's some people that are like, I only like heavy music. And everything else is lame. So like, I yeah, feel like those it's almost are your tying people. the identity. Yeah, tying yeah. their identity too much. This is to what it. I, I like if if the music sounds good and it yeah, and it like hits my ear right, I'll listen to it. I don't care what kind of music it is. So that's I'm kind of happy that way. It's I, I like taking as much music in as I can. We're gonna listen to Mad Ball and Mad Ball only. That's it. 
Boy, terror. Those fans <laughs> <Yep>. are intense. <laughs> Strictly like, tear and have art. That's it. Yep. <laughs> you have that in every fandom though. Like I it's blowing my mind right now all the people that like all the like 40-year-old dudes who are like why is it? Why does Boba Fett have any character nuance? I just want him to kill everybody, like he used to in the <laughs> comics. Like, eat my ass! Like I said that to you. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they developing this character? I don't want him to have a character. How dare he have an arc? <laughs> <laughs> it's no fun. Kill everybody! All right. Do we know from previous episode the the previous episode? Do they like if we put a clip snippet of the song in before we talk about the track? Did you ask Mike and all them? I was like, do you mean did Mike text me about it? Yeah. Um, I think Mike likes when we put music in. I but I, you know, it's like whatever. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like whatever works the best for our flow. I actually did timestamps. All right, so do it then. Okay. Track one, apocalypse now and then. I think I just said, what sounds like it's the chorus? I think this is the chorus. <laughs> there's a chorus? One. For that one. Yep. Close yeah, there's like, a chorus in that there's one. Like, I know. There's like three or four songs in here have, <laughs> that have something that might be a chorus. So yeah, that song. That song. I love screaming along with the Nobody gonna st- nobody's going to stop me now. But that's like the only lyric I really know on this song. Yeah, it's this like one, I think it's a really... This one's one of my favorite openers of theirs. I think it just it gets it flows into the album really well. In this one, I think it hops right into that melodic stuff that they were just kind of dabbling with in Hot Damn. It just jumps right into it, which I love this song. It's one of my favorites. This was one of my favorites on this album. Um, obviously, you know my my previous i my previous thoughts on their music when like when I first heard them was like, oh, this is just like noise. This is like feels like there's not a lot of structure and um but this song that's not the case um and um like it was nice to like prove prove myself wrong on the first track like hey you're an idiot you don't know shit we have we have song structure sometimes um and uh but and i really like his clean vocals on the chorus i love that dirty bass after the after the first chorus Yep, I had that um, note too. That bass is sick. Yeah. I mean, it's just copying what the guitar does, but when it's singled out like that, ooh. It sounds great. I don't care what it is. Good. Oh, yeah. They, learned... this was, around this time, they were flipping bassists like crazy. They yeah. Had, I, no... think, I think they probably had, I think, three or four different bassists around this time. Yeah, there was a guy that was, was with not... them for a few years that left like as they were finished writing. And then they had a guy that just recorded and they literally fired him like when he got home from recording and then they, yeah. And then they had someone else fill in for like a year. Um, and then they didn't, they didn't have a bassist who was like with them for more than a year until like the next one or two after that. That's wild. Oh yeah. Yeah. Bassist. You can just get rid of them. Okay. <laughs> you just swap them in and out. Cam, do you play bass? I don't. Okay, because we both play bass. So. 
So I what I took this song to be about, since none of these actually have meaning, I always took the song to be about being relevant in the scene, maybe metaphors like not hitting your marks or getting dolled up for the audience only to find no one's paying attention to you. Uh, So that's kind of what I thought he was going for there. Like, we're still doing it wrong, but we're trying to get your attention kind of thing. Just my thoughts on the lyrics after reading them over and over. Oh, yeah. A lot of his lyrics are almost impossible. I can't. Half the time I read them, I just kind of go, okay, that's interesting. (laughs) And take them as is. And I go, the the music was sick, though. Like, the drums and guitar was sick. (laughs) Yeah, I, I said... Honestly, not sure what the song is about the state of the music industry question mark because like the mascara on the radio and like there's like a lot of allusions to uh, the radio. And I was like, that seems like that has something to do with like, you know, what do you have to do to sell out to get your stuff heard or I don't, you know, I'm not sure, but it's like something along those lines. Right. I'm excited. None of these songs actually have meaning because now nothing I say will be wrong. <laughs> yeah it's become a little bit of a trope on the show that sometimes danny will be like oh i think this song is da 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 and i'm like well actually wikipedia says this song is not that it's this i go on emotions he goes on facts <laughs> yeah yin, yin, yin and yang so all right track two kill the music i gotta play it for a second before i hit the, the spot here Are you just going to start it with Gerard Way when I begin? <laughs> um, yeah, I am. <laughs> and if you didn't think that that was the clip I was going to play, that's shame on you for not that's knowing true. that. <laughs> you could have just started with the cool wildcat at the beginning. That's my favorite part. Well, I'll, you know what? I'll leave that in. <laughs> Every time I have to play music, I have to like start the song before I can like slide the timer over. But I won't cut it out on that one. I'll leave it on that one because the, the, the cat, the wildcat is cool. Yeah, it's a sick intro for sure. And it's still wild to me that they got like Gerard Way on a song like that's just a band like this. It's weird because they almost have like a weird crossover appeal because a few albums down, like they get Brendan Urie on yeah. a song. I they saw get, that. That's weird. Yeah. Right. And Brendan Urie's got a uh, new junk, the whole album cover tattooed on his arm. Oh, wow. Which I, I didn't even know he was that big of a fan, which is weird to me but yeah it's they get this weird crossover appeal from ba- like bands almost in like the emo side which i love i think like jardway's voice fits in really well with them and make it turned it i think it put the song up so much more i love it like it's not shocking to me that later on they have daryl from glass jaw but that would make sense yeah oh yeah <laughs> when i i actually wrote i i felt dumb that I didn't realize, like the first couple times I listened to it, I didn't realize it was Gerard Way until I like was looking at the lyrics and it said featuring Gerard Way, and I was like, oh, like I I think I just thought it was him and he was singing it a, a little bit of a different way at that one part, you know. I thought that for the longest time as well. Like when I first started hearing this, I thought it was like, oh, he's just kind of singing weird. Like yeah. even same with like the Daryl uh, feature later in the album i almost thought oh it's just keith kind of singing weird so like, well, yeah okay, they're not left it in there i didn't even realize there's features 
Yeah, I mean, they're not definitely not like super different vocal profiles. It's not like he got like Prince on, you know, like something like sounds totally different than him. You want to, want me to go down my rabbit hole of what I think this song's about? Yeah. Okay, hear me out. With lyrics like either you and I or both must go or if two timing is what it takes, then we both know what it takes We is all we need, whatever. So this is about two lovers but they're also in other relationships. Okay. Ooh. Hold on. Okay. But then maybe he's, having Tell me more. maybe he's having an affair with a stripper. And I think this might be a sequel to, I fell in love with a stripper because he knows the stripper's real name. I think you're taking <laughs> like the it. stripper part. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> no. Cause he really drives it home at the end that he knows the stripper's name. Like, he says it six or five times or something like that. Like, so we're getting <laughs> knows the stripper's real name. The girl he is having an affair with is a stripper, and he fell in love with a stripper. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought I thought the stripper's real name was a metaphor about lose, like learning the deep dark secrets of another per, like of your significant other, and that like leading to a, a problem. And also, maybe he's jealous that she's getting so much attention on stage, and that's why the song is called "Kill the Music." Like, uh, get her off stage. Yeah. That's my oh, stripper girlfriend. <laughs> oh, literal Danny here. Told you, <laughs> it was a rabbit hole went down. Yeah, I uh, this song. I think when I was like listening to it at the gym, um, it didn't feel like it flowed that well. Like. Um, kind of fitting that previous stereotype but then as i was like listening to it intently like looking at the lyrics i was like oh i can see where the like the different parts of the song and they do they do fit together even though you know but i think that's also just part of their get like some of that stuff that i think maybe isn't for me it's not doesn't mean it's bad just means that it's that it's not like my favorite thing so i love this song yeah no no i like the song too but i, I like the first time, the first couple of times I listened to it, I was just like, oh, it's just one of those songs. It's like, here's a riff. Here's a riff. Here's a riff. Oh, what are they doing now? It's a different part of the song. Um, but it's definitely not as much like that as I as I thought. I saw I saw beyond like behind the curtain once I really looked, you know. Yeah, you got to look past the riffs. got to look yeah. deeper than the riffs. There's lots of riffs, but you just got to look just behind them. There's something there. <laughs> I'm gonna make one of those iceberg charts for this. Yeah, and the whole top is just riffs. Riff, 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 riff. <laughs> yeah. Below that water is strippers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Cam, what do you think of this? The, the last one is the her real name. It's on the bottom tier. <laughs> yeah, and this one, it's it's like I said, meaning wise, half of these songs, I kind of just, I'm more of just listening to it. <laughs> like this one, he almost like his, any of his albums, Keith Buckley's writing style, he almost just he just goes to paint pictures in your head to me it's just when i listen to him he's almost just he's goes crazy with the alliteration and i have trouble picking up the themes in the songs which even in this one i i've had the hardest time with i was like i don't know what you're singing about dude like it sounds good but i just don't know what you're singing about which it's it was worse with these earlier albums it's it clicked yeah. a little bit better for me after i would say after the big dirty like going into like from parts unknown and everything i think he got a little bit more literal and it was a little easier to just like figure out what he was actually writing about yeah and that well i mean i i would 
hundred percent concur with that on like the newer stuff that I've listened to, listened to. It's like completely different in that regard. I feel like track three <laughs> board stiff. And again, if you didn't think that that was the part I was going to put in the show, you should have known better. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Okay, so this song is the epitome of the stereotype that I had for this band before I listened to this album. It just feels like they were like, that's a cool riff. That's a cool riff. That's a cool riff. Let's just Frankenstein together. It's probably not going to make sense. It's still going to feel it's still going to sound cool. It, you're not. I feel like you're not far off on this one. I'd agree. I agree with your your take on this particular song. I succeed on that one. But this song live is one of their their best songs live. Oh, it's, I have the crowd I have is no doubt that this one. This is yeah that that this is super fun live. Like you can hear, you can feel that energy in these songs. I mean, yeah, no, a hundred percent. Yeah, song structure wise, it's none none exists. This is my least favorite song on the album. I do, but it's also got my favorite final verse and breakdown at the end. Like the last minute of the song, I love, but do not like the rest of the song. I love that sound effect at the end. The like, I don't even know how to describe it. You guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know what's up. (laughs) Anything else, gentlemen? No. Uh, Do we? Did we want to? Did we want to take any sort of? Uh, stab at what this song could be about. I I wrote maybe murder. <laughs> maybe. That would honestly probably make the most sense, the closest <laughs> thing. But I just wait for the the hey girls, and then that's I pop at that part and go about my day. <laughs> the, there was people on the internet that were saying that it was about Keith getting a blowjob. And then there was also people on the internet saying that it was like something like that, but also that like he was giving someone an STD. Oh, I don't know. Okay. It's, you know, it's it's like the comments on like the lyrics website, you know, underneath the song. Oh, who knows? And they're, you know, they're from like, it's kind of the, it's weird. I think I talked about this before on a different episode where like you go, we do, uh, we do these, like these albums from like, the, the much younger internet days and you see these um these lyric websites that have like been up since this album was brand new and like looking at these comments from you know 15 years ago it's it's just weird like you probably listen to this on pure volume <laughs> wild i probably heard about all the all their albums on probably on absolute punk <laughs> oh i miss yeah. absolute punk oh yeah True. i spend all day on that website way too much time Track four, Easy Tiger. Easy Tiger. I like the doctor, doctor. So if the last song was about murder, maybe. I think this song is about finding the girl half dead and taking her to the hospital. 
So this song is a jam <laughs> to begin with. I just love it. But it's like it almost plays out like a story. If you kind of read the lyrics, like they found a woman on the edge of death, brought her to the hospital. It talks about doctors and pills. And I don't know, but that's what I took from it. But I fucking love this song. Yeah, no, this one's a good one. I, I think I got kind of close to the same thing. Almost like they found someone like a girl just like partying or something like they party too hard kind of thing, which going with the band's theme, that's usually a uh, pretty safe bet um, in these early albums um, is like partying and stuff like that. But yeah, this song is, I think, one of the best on this album. I think it might be my top on this album. It's from front to back. It's their, I think, their most consistent song. Yeah, spoiler alert, the next three, this one and the next two are my favorite songs on this album. And this one is one of the ones that got me into this band. Do you ever yeah. listen to Boys Night Out, Josh? I have, but not extensively. They have a whole concept album. It's amazing. But there's a, a song that's just about a doctor, and it's like a slower version of this song, in my opinion. Hmm. I'll have to check that out. Um, yeah, I, I was on the same wavelength. I said, is this about a girl ODing and them finding her? Um, and I said that this it's interesting because this song has that same like gritty, like kind of disorganized vibe that like Board Stift has. But at the same time, like there is there is more song structure there. And I, and I like the song like it doesn't give me that. It, it doesn't uh, turn me off like uh, like a song like Board Stift would. Um, I like it. Yeah, it's like a nice medium for me like you get some of that craziness but then there's like just enough uh song structure for my uh my square personality to uh latch on to yeah no it's one of their i think one of their one of their best songs that they've written in the earlier part of their career it just it sticks out a lot more than i think anything on like hot damn hot damn kind of it's kind of hit or miss for me album wise and song wise but yeah gutter phenomena i think where they started really hitting their stride and i think this song really shows that i'm gonna have to take a deeper dive on like their catalog like post this album because i feel like that might be where i i'm able their to new album on. i think you'd really like yeah after after i'd say after this album they get how they like almost just tighten it up if that makes sense like they do get there's more structure, which I think you would like in a lot of like the big dirty and past that. I think you'd, they definitely get a lot more tighter and more structured as they go. It just kind of a little, makes a little more sense. If I remember cool. right, I think you might also like low teens. Cause I remember liking a lot of stuff off that album. Track five, Tusk and Temper. So this is the song they realized they should mic the cowbell. Oh, yeah, the cowbell was sweet. <laughs> yeah, but going forward in the album, you hear you can hear, I think, cowbell on every song, if not every song, every like almost every song after this. But before is this that, the one where it's real distinct, because yeah, one it's, where it's like, there it is. Like, it's also in the next one. Pretty distinct. too. Cowbell oh, yeah, hardcore. Big cowbell. Oh, yeah, I can't go wrong. <laughs> so this is one of my favorite songs on the album. This could be a what I took this song about is like <laughs> leaving a voicemail or a letter at someone's house and like breaking in. But also I watch a lot of horror movies. So I think of like the maniac 
of like just someone sitting in your closet and going to kill you. Like this, the lyric adoration is cutting the phone line to your heart. Love is here. And like some of the other, like just like maybe a stalker hanging out in your house. I'll eat you alive. Break down. That breakdown is magic too. Oh yeah. On this one, the breakdown is insane on this song. I wouldn't be surprised with that meaning. I feel like they've gotten a lot of their, like he's gotten a lot of inspiration from like horror movies. I feel like you could see it in a lot of their songs. There's yeah. you get that vibe. I feel like he just is a fan of horror and writes it into it into a lot of his songs. Oh yeah, no, I I see that too. I I think at this point I was getting a little frustrated with the. <clears throat> I was getting a little frustrated with uh, like not have like not being able to kind of parse any of the lyrics. And I wrote, "Is that clear?" No, Keith, it's not clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's usually never that clear. It's tough. Okay. That's one of the lyrics in this song. He said, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this song is amazing. So good. Yeah, this one I feel like is kind of like almost like the quintessential. Like if you want to show someone, besides the next one, it's like if you want to show them someone like an Every Time I Die song that will kind of sound like flow through most of their albums, this is one of them. They have almost like a song that kind of sounds like this on every album. So it's kind of like they're almost like they're like comfortable with this style of song track six the new black That was the one I was talking about. That was the cowbell. I because I yeah. yeah I even made sure the the timestamp was the cowbell. So this album had been out for a bit. It was like the same year it came out, but it's like it'd been out for a little bit. And I went to a party, and someone's like, "You got to hear this," and he played this song, and I loved it. I was like, "Holy shit, this is sick!" Like Keith Buckley's like, it's almost like slurry drunk Keith Richards kind of singing, and then going into screaming. I was like, ooh, this is dirty and beautiful, and I love it. I just want to wrap myself in it. I was a little yeah, disappointed the first time I listened to the album, and it wasn't all like this. I could but... see that. <laughs> yeah, this one kind of, I, I agree, sticks out. It's kind of like on its own. But this was the first song I heard from them, and it was, I fell in love after that. Like, this song, it sticks out on its own so much. It's, yeah, this this his, like, delivery on it is insane. It, it kind of fits this like the lyrics of the song like are you saying almost like that slurry kind of just drunk just perfect it's like and captures every time i die in a nutshell just in this song yeah i mean it, and it and it lets you know that it's different right from the drop like the first word out of his mouth is like you know that baby i was like did i did i switch to a different <laughs> album what is yeah and i could see this being a gateway like this i would i would uh like I, I think this probably. I feel like it's cliche because this is the one with like the most plays, and uh, you know. But I feel like this is probably my favorite song on the album. This made me oh, want yeah. to make a playlist called Spaghetti Western Hardcore, because this reminds me of like a spaghetti western, just like the the feel of it. And I, I want to find more hardcore that's just like this. <laughs> How does it feel like a spaghetti western? Like, doesn't it like? You can almost smell the song and like the dust blowing across like 
the road and he's like out there with his guns like baby i don't know just reminds me of an old saloon maybe people getting thrown over tables okay i like that i could see i could see this this song being on like a like tarantino does a another western movie and this is like (laughs) yeah oh yeah i mean yeah he had tupac in the last one so um so i actually got a clear it wasn't super clear but more clear than anything else i found an interview on YouTube where um, Keith said that this song was a, like a satire on like bands in the scene selling out. Um, so we actually have one song that has a meaning, and it and it like and that's part of the reason the song is like more melodic and lighter is because it's like about hardcore bands like changing their sound to be more palatable. I do remember. When this song came out, when I was working at Hot Topic, we had verbiage shirts that said black is or pink is the new black or I haven't had blacker shirts than this black or, you know, like just stupid shirts like that that would say stuff about black clothing. So it really worked with the time of what people were going for aesthetically. Track seven, champing at the bit. <laughs> Yep, I did the feature again. I can almost guarantee you've never listened to Glassjaw, or not on purpose. I think I, um, I think I've seen part of their set at a festival. Did you see? All, not on purpose. Yeah. Have you listened to Head Automatica at least? Yeah, I saw them with uh, Jack's Mannequin. Okay. At the State Theater before it was the Fillmore. I love the way Daryl Plumbo or whatever sings. I'm a huge fan of Glassjaw, so this was always exciting. Oh yeah, he has one of the most like unique ways to sing that I I'll never get over it. I love Flashjaw, so so good. So I have no idea what the song's about. Obviously, I said maybe it's about being at a or being too much of a party, or being obnoxious drunk, or I don't know some kind of addiction. I have no idea. I lied. I have it a, could be. I have a quote from Keith on this one too, actually. This is a quote from AP Magazine, April 2006. It says, um, the sad truth of human nature is that there is nothing in the world uh, more appealing than everybody else. When you, like me, live in a city as small as Buffalo, New York, Big Brother is always watching. And when there is someone always watching, coveting will begin shortly thereafter. This song was written when me uh, or when my girlfriend, Lindsay, and I began dating about the carnal protective instinct and the curse of knowing all too well what pretenses most people operate under what you have is what everyone else wants there are always wolves at the door the song is about the extent we will go to in order to protect those we love and keep the proverbial marauders out of something as wonderful as what i had found okay shit (laughs) man i don't know how he gets that meaning out of some of these lyrics but hey i'm not the not the one writing them whoo Sorry, just reading those lyrics, I don't see it. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you. Yeah, yeah. Like you can tell me whatever they're about, whatever they're about, Keith. I'll believe you. That's the you art know, of being a poet. Is... You can just say True. they're about whatever the hell you want. <laughs> this was about a McDonald's French fry I had once. 
or if you're Burt McCracken. This song is about a time when I was on drugs. And, it's uh, every song. Yeah. <laughs> this song's about love and drugs. Yeah. In between every song at a used concert. <laughs> I love them, but I know the bit. I've seen the bit. Yeah, yeah I've seen the bit a couple times. <laughs> Anything else on this one? I like the song. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they haven't tried to do more stuff with Glassjaw. I feel like it. I'm surprised it just. I feel like that, especially Daryl's voice, just works well. I'm surprised there hasn't been more uh, features from him. I think this is the only time he's ever featured on an "Every Time I Die" song. I'm surprised there hasn't been done more. Because they they like to use features. I feel like a lot more than a lot of other metalcore or hardcore bands. They've started. They've sprinkled, especially in like later albums. They love features. I love features too. I love when bands do a lot of features. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then every once in a while, that band is with the other band on like a festival or a tour, and the actual person that sings the feature comes out. It's like, oh my god. What's your favorite feature album? Like, what's my my favorite guest appearance on another album? Yeah, sure. Oh, that's hard. I put you on the spot. I keep thinking back to. When Say Anything was on Warp Tour and they had everybody that was on Warp Tour on a different song. I fucking love that album in defense of the genre. Um, Like Classic. Gun to My Head, I would probably just say like the first one that comes to mind is Justin Pierre on Chicago So Two Years Ago on Take the Steer Grave with Fall Boy. And then the fact that they did a, you know, they did a subsequent feature like Patrick Stump was on Everything Is All Right on the next album. So the fact that they did did it and then they like reciprocated right away was cool too. So track eight, Bloom and How It Gets That Way. What a song title. King's dead. I had a very distinct vision of what this song was about. I think it's about like maybe it's just because I had a issue with my stepdad growing up, but it just like a lot of the lyrics, like especially the beginning about like the car and you're driving us into something and the king is dead and just a lot of the like you're leading us and you're doing a very shitty job kind of thing. So I took that as like oh like the head of a family who kind of sucks. And they're happy he's gone. I have a theory. I have a Danny style theory on this one. Ooh, go for it. I think that Keith has agoraphobia and is afraid of traveling. So he wrote a song. He doesn't want to leave his house. He wrote a song about how all the different ways you could die in a vehicle of some sort. That's true. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Or, oh, or he watched Plane, Trains, and Automobiles and then had a bad dream, like, after watching it. <laughs> like, he got, like, too many bong rips while he was watching. He did a dab and watched Plane, Trains, and Automobiles and then had a bad trip, like, a bad dream or a bad trip afterwards. And uh, now you don't have a trip, bad trip on a dab, right? He did, he did some acid <laughs> and watched Plane. <laughs> All hell, the king is dead. Yeah, no, this one, I, I love this song, especially towards the end. Holy, the king is dead. That those like that part of the song, 
Yeah, it's, I like it too. That's it's so I heavy it. and it's just it's it fits so good. I love it. Yeah, like lyric wise, I agree with you, Danny. I think it's kind of almost like a stepdad situation. Like even the lyrics about like do what your mother tells you just over and yeah. over again, that kind of thing. I agree. Yeah. I forgot about that part. Yeah, you're probably right, Danny. I mean again. <laughs> It's all Could up be a to agoraphobia, though. You never know. I just, I was like, I, I got a weird thing I can say. <laughs> <laughs> Track nine, guttered and feathered. Um, question: How many members of this band are dads? Um, I think at this point it's Keith, Jordan, and I think that's it that I know of. So just the two of them. Were they dads? Um when they made this album? No, I don't believe so. I think it was around the time of probably after the Big Dirty, I would say. Whatever album was after that, which I think okay. is X-Lives. I'm just asking because Guitar and Feathered is a punny title. It's like a dad joke. It's I think be. they had like a few of, yeah, they have some real silly song titles, especially their early albums. They got they got a little weird with the song song titles. At least they're not like a full sentence, like a Pete Wentz song title. True. Pretty close. True. Not terrible, though. I like the phrase fattened up for the guillotine. So I picked that one. Pick that part. So this I'll isn't like this isn't my favorite song on the album. It's okay. There's nothing terrible wrong with it. I, I took it as like maybe not idolizing a shitty rock star or someone who's toxic. And and the woe O's sound like Gerard Way again, even though it's not him being featured on it. The way he sings the woe O's towards the end. Yeah, I agree. This one's not my favorite. I think this is the weakest song on the album. I think the the woes kind of just they throw me off. I feel like they almost don't fit in the song. I don't know. It's just something about this one doesn't doesn't hit my ear right. I'm just not a fan of it. Yeah, I don't really like the woes either. Maybe this is my least favorite song. One of us. <laughs> yeah, that's all we got on that one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Track 10, Le Astronaut? Le Astronaut? I think it's it's just like Le Astronaut. Yeah. Oh. I think it's it, got the little symbol. Doesn't that mean it's Le? No. No. no I le think, Astronaut? Um, I think in French, that's that you just, it all goes together. Fine. Le Astronaut. <laughs> we can play this one from the beginning. I like how like in your face that one starts. So I didn't even like pick a special spot. I was just like, no, that's good to go right from the beginning. I think it's yeah, a damn I crime agree. that this song has so little plays because this is one of the best songs on the album, in my opinion. It's... I agree. It's it shouldn't be that, that low on the track list. Right. It's one of the it's like the riff in the beginning punches you in the face. And it's I it, it, I'm so confused at why they threw it like second to last. It's an amazing song. And the guitars are sick and completely different than what 
the normal chug style they do through most of the album. It's like it's just a totally different feel. This song. Yeah, I think it, I, it definitely could have fit a lot higher on the album. Take your gun out of my mouth. You're ruining my appetite. Is such a wild line. Yeah. Yeah, Keith throws some wild ones in. He's, I don't know where he comes up with half his lyrics sometimes. A lot of these lyrics made me think like, like an artist who's like giving you everything, even blood, and you're still asking for more. Like, I don't know if that's what he was going for, but there's a lot of lyrics like that. Like, I'm staying, or I've already painted your, like, the church doorstep or whatever he says. I don't remember offhand, but. Do you think there's anything to, like, I feel like there's, there's just enough military references in this song that maybe that's, there's something to that. It could be. I know they've, They've dabbled in a little bit more political stuff in their later albums. Which I don't know if they've touched too much on the uh, like around now. So like the Gutterfinama era, I don't know if they've touched too much. But it, I would it wouldn't surprise me if they were writing about that stuff back then too. Track eleven, pretty dirty. Bible references in there. That song. He throws a few in there, here and there. Is there? There's not a guest vocalist on the song, is there? Not that I'm seeing, no. No, not that I believe. I think the only two words is Daryl and uh, Gerard Way. So at like a minute forty-five, when he starts singing and it's echoey, I don't know if you've listened to a lot of older Incubus, Josh or Cam, but this sounds like Science Era around that time like when they were a little harder like they were like oh we're not deftones but we're incubus you know yeah, let me, you said 145 let me play it for a sec yeah hundred percent Yep. Yep. <laughs> like old. I mean, it sounds like, it sounds like <laughs> honestly, it sounds like newer, uh, like like classic era Incubus with with a little bit more chuggy guitar. Like it's I mean, that's that, what like, science was like yeah. the old Incubus album. It was like, oh, we're we're still chugging along and doing rap metal, but we're you know we're cool and slow and melodic. I hear. Yeah, it. I like the song. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this one's a good one. I I can see. I can see those those incubus. I can see that comparison. I like that. I never even realized it like as I was listening to that song just on its own. But now that you say it, it's I'm not gonna be able to unhear it now. <laughs> I ru- I didn't ruin it for you, but you're definitely gonna <laughs> Yeah, not ruined. Big Incubus fan, but I'll notice it. <laughs> also, this song has claps. Claps are always fun. Oh, I forgot to claps. <laughs> claps are not always fun. Sometimes if you do them Sometimes right. Yeah. Claps are claps are very much like whoa oh oh's. Sometimes they're great, and sometimes you're like, "What's going on? What's that all about?" Oh yeah, they got to be used just right, just right. Yep, there's a sweet spot. So the lyrics on the song I took as like, 
a loaded gun song like i'm on the edge i'm about to snap the next thing could trigger me that's kind of what i took from this <laughs> i would agree like i feel like a lot of his lyrics uh, play with those themes like almost like he's just riding the edge and he's gonna like about to lose something along which knowing what he was going through then with like all that he's like keith has let everyone know now he was always dealing with like alcohol problems like he was an addict so it's with all of these it's weird to hear like listen to them in hindsight knowing he was having like they were like a lot of these songs are about like partying and like almost like losing it just being on the edge so it's kind of weird to listen back to him and just hear where he was at which almost kind of makes sense with what, what lyrics he was he was throwing in there yeah Hindsight is uh, it really uh, opens your eyes to what's going on when you don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah, I, that was I the still have no idea. We did it. Every time I die, fans rejoice. We did an every time I die yeah. album. Mm. Mm. I don't know shit. Cam knows some stuff. Danny knows some stuff. I, I mean, I, shit. I don't know shit about. I like some every time I die. It doesn't mean I know anything. Yeah, for me, it was like this was almost like my gateway into this band. And then the Big Dirty was where I really dove into them. That album is a classic to me. Just bangers from front to back. Well, we'll have you back on to do another one when they get back together. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Whenever that happens. <laughs> do we have a guess mix? Oh, my God. I totally forgot. You about forgot the guest to mix. send it. I never oh. send it to him. Do you think you could do it on a spot, Cam? Okay. Want to try? Wanna try? Um, sure. Do your best, because we... I want to know. Okay. What What am I doing? What kind of What are you looking I'm, for? I'm going to ask you some questions, and I'm so unprepared that I don't even have them pulled up. Usually, we send you this in a week in advance. Yeah, this so is can my think about fault. It. On the On the spot, I'm ready. Maybe. <laughs> Just so people know, this is on the spot, so it might not be the actual final answer. Yeah, Josh <laughs> forgot to prep the guest appropriately, and. Uh, so, don't judge him too hard if his answers suck. It's my fault. I'm sure they won't. No. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite love song? Man, I feel so bad. that. <laughs> but I want to know these. All right. What's your, uh, what's your favorite love song? Favorite love song? Let... Okay. On the spot. These are tough. Favorite love song? Would be, um, it's weird. I don't listen to a lot of love songs. It's cold-hearted. Um, <laughs> Dead shoot. inside. Dead inside, exactly. What's your go-to angry song when you're pissed off and you just want to punch something? Is it like it's this? Gotta be, ooh, it's got to be... Um, got footage is my go-to. What is it? I uh, got footage by Death Grips. Okay. Big Death Grips fan. All right. What uh, What is a song that has influenced you the most in your life? That's a tough one. It could be like an influence on your on your like music tastes on 
and really anything. Oh, you can interpret um, it how you want to. Yeah, it's tough. I would say probably I'll just go with more of a band than a particular song. Okay, it's like one. I would say it's, it's got to be uh, the Devil Wears Prada. That was one. That band kind of got me into not listening to like what's on the radio. Like that was like the first like smaller, almost indie, not indie band, but smaller band that was on the radio that I got into. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the first kind of like that influence that, that kicked me off to a whole other world of music. What's your current favorite song? Like right now, just a song you're like, this song at this moment kicks ass. Right now, it's got to be Blackout from Turnstile on Glow On. Yeah. That Blackout, it's that's the best song they've written. <laughs> it's been, it's going to be hard to top. <laughs> All right. Here's the worst song to ask you with no prep. Let's not even do this one. <laughs> no, I'm going to do it. Let's just see what he says. If he, he wants to abstain, he can. What's Ooh. your all time favorite song if you had to pick one? All-time favorite song. That is really hard. Yeah, isn't that mean? <laughs> to pick, man, just to throw that at me? Damn. <laughs> no, it's Honestly, it's not going to be the hardest. I think I said the asteroid field from Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back. Oh, for yours? I think that's what I said for mine. Oh, God. Favorite song ever. It's it's honestly an every time I die song. It's probably it's got to be uh, uh, Werewolf. Ooh, is my all time favorite song. It's spooky. Oh, yeah. Is it called Werewolf? I thought it was called Swearwolves. No, I'm just thinking of that's what we do in the shadows. <laughs> What's your uh, go to karaoke song? Ooh, uh, I already get it's uh. It wouldn't be on a karaoke, but it is uh, a song by the band called Hostage Calm, Patriot. Okay. It is my go-to sing-along song, Hostage Calm, Patriot. What song makes you want to get up and dance? And this could be, so we, um, I think we had a couple of people say, well, I don't really dance. And I, so I thought like, what's it like? It could be a song that you're like in Meyer or Kroger or whatever, and you like hear it, and you're like, it makes you bop your head a little bit. Like it does if you're if you're not like a dancing person, you can go that route. It's oh no, it's it's gotta be what's the shoot. Man, I'm bad with song titles, but it's a Paramore song. It is off the after laughter. Hard times. That's it. Yep. Definitely hard times. What's the most unexpected artist on your Spotify that you jam to? Oh, I see Ooh. you're trying to make it easier for him. I see what I you're am, doing. I am, yes. <laughs> um, so I'm going to do my little spiel anyway, because um, Danny's taking mercy on you. Um, <laughs> this is uh, this would be, uh, if we were lame, we would call this a guilty pleasure. But we don't believe in guilty pleasures, because you can listen mm-hmm. to whatever the fuck you want to listen to. It's least expected. I would say that one's a tough one too. I listened to like everything, so it's kind of hard. I would say probably if people just saw me, looked at me, I would say Phoebe Bridgers probably. Okay. 
All right. And I have, I have, uh, before we do the last one, I'll let you do the last one, Danny, but I have, uh, an ex I have that extra one I did for one other person that it would also apply to cam. Uh, if you were a wrestler, what would your theme song be? That's, I think you about can't this say all the time. personality. It's not, it's I cheating. had one, I had one on the ready, but oh my God. there was, I can't remember for mine. There was one I had ready, but I got to tell you one of my buddies he, and it's perfect. His was the, I can't remember the name of that corn song. The, are you ready in the beginning? That are I was like, you? that's a good, that's a Wait, good that's wrestling cool. entrance. Like, I think that'd get a pop. So I'll, I'll steal that one. I'll go with that. Whatever corn song that is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's your perfect concert lineup? Three to five musicians, bands, artists, living or dead, anytime era. Okay. Headlining, I'd go with uh, Childish Gambino. Ooh. Heavens, heavens, never seen him. So that I'd go with that as a headliner. Uh, we'll go with every time I die, since they're still, since they're now broken up, we'll bring them back together. <laughs> um, so we said three to five. We'll go with bring them back for another back from the dead. We'll go with the chariot, bring them back from the dead, as well as and then can't have just Charles Gambino as the only either hip-hop or R&B. We'll go with the Dynasty Freddie Gibbs. So we'll do that. Charles Gambino, Freddie Gibbs, Every Time I Die, and The Chariot. Nice. Nice. <laughs> nice little bit, little bit of variety. And that is our guest mix. <laughs> you did, honestly, you did really, you, so we've had people that had like a week or a week and a half to prep and you still answered your questions faster than some of those people, so... <laughs> Uh, so, I think you did really good, and I'm honestly I'm glad that you uh, passed the trial by fire. So thank you, thank you. Proved thank yourself, you, you really proved yourself today. All right. I think the last thing we got is weekly rewind. Correct. Yep. Whoa, 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 whoa. Weekly rewind. Actually, I have two. I don't just have one. I have two. Um, but I would like to before I say my. Before I say one of them, I want to make sure that uh, everyone here is. Has everyone here watched all of Book of Boba Fett that's been out? No, so far? but I don't mind if it's just the music. Yeah, if it's well, just music, it's that's cool with me, but not just the music. But I'm cool. I'll take spoilers. You're good. It's not like okay, so <laughs> um, it's Han Solo's theme. What? <laughs> No, no. <laughs> so, um, in in the episode, uh, Boba goes to. So you know how there's those like uh, cyber teens with them. They have like the modifications. He goes to them to a mod place, and the head modder guy is Thundercat from the bassist Thundercat. He's not from yeah. anything. Uh, uh, playing in his first role, and uh, he actually there's like funky, like distorted bass on the track for the mod, the uh, mod shop, and that uh, on the That's soundtrack. Sick. So he's in it, and he's playing the bass on the track that he's on. So love me some Thundercat. I'm excited oh, yeah. to check that out. I want to throw I'm... him on my on my dream show. I'll throw Thundercat. He'd open. There you go. <laughs>
Is that good? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that part you played is like a distorted bass, but there's a part earlier that like sounds like a funky, like an actual, like you can tell it's a bass guitar. But yeah, I mean, that's we said it. It's good. All right, you introduce this next one because it's yours. Uh, and then my next one is uh, "Call Call Me Little Sunshine" by Ghost, their new single off their album Impera that's coming out on March 11th. I can't wait. Yeah, it's sick. I loved it. It's not the most lyrically complex song, but uh, I'm one of those people that likes that Ghost has pop sensibilities and is making these melodic, uh, poppy, satanic rock songs. Um, So I'm here for it 100%. All right, I'll go through my list as fast as I can. A Day to Remember came out with probably the worst album I've ever heard last year. But then they re-released a song with Mark Hoppus. Who would have thought Mark Hoppus saved the song? Because it actually sounds pretty good. I believe it. Yeah, I'm just going to play the Mark Hoppus part. But I, I was almost excited because I thought like, oh, they're coming, like they're releasing new music and this is what it sounds like. But no, that song's off the last crap album. They just had Mark Hoppus do it and add it. The next one is Stand Atlantic, Stand Atlantic with Royal and the Serpent, Pity Party. You know, typical fun pop punk. Pup. This is a guy new song, Robot, <laughs> Robot Writes a Love Song. I like Pup. Another Mark Hoppus. I feel like he just dropped as many songs as possible. No, he's just he's just doing the Travis Parker. Smart Death featuring Mark Hoppus adding up. It almost sounds like what's that new style of hip hop? But I still like it. I gotta wanna turn around. I don't even know the place that I am running from. I know we're gonna fall. Everyone will hear the sound we're falling. Falling down. She said baby don't Charlotte Sands with Want You Like That. Remember last year I was obsessed with the band Purple Disco Machine? I do. So they released a new song called In the Dark. Just some fun like 80s synthwave style music. Uh asking Alexandria and in this moment the new devil. I don't like love asking Alexandria, but it's notable that I enjoyed this a little bit. 
Sounds so I wanted like to bring Imagine it up. Dragons. So last year, one of my favorite albums was Teenage Wrist. They sounded very 90s alternative. So this song, tell me if you think you what, what you think it sounds like. Any thoughts? Uh, I can like, I I had a thought and then it like floated straight out of my brain. So I feel like last year they were going like the popular '90s alternative. This song sounds like Chino wrote it. It sounds like a Deftones song, kind of. Ah, uh, just yeah. the way he sings it. Um, this one was a fun random find. It's by the band Red Hook. Low budget horror. You know I'm a sucker for anything about horror. So yeah, uh, bad omens. I only got a few more. And here's another one with Mark Hoppus. Man, told you he was busy this week. Telling you, Travis Barker, so Ricky Travis himself, Barker featuring Mark Hoppus. feel like we could add all these up and almost make another blink album featuring all these other people uh i saw you were listening to this i don't think you liked it because you didn't put it on yours but the the game and kanye west easy did you not like it because i saw it was you playing it i listened to it out of curiosity not because i (laughs) i liked it i haven't liked anything kanye's done in a while but that was all right and then hot water music i wasn't gonna bring up kanye today because i normally i normally talk shit to about kanye to to cam and i was gonna stay away from it but you just had to bring it up (laughs) i do i love that they i love that they (laughs) sample the easy e song though that like always that's uh that's fun that's this this is the song though that he uh that he talks about beating up pete davidson or whatever really yeah all right real quick hot water music collect your things and run I love hot water music. This one is not a recommend. This is, uh, I think it's terrible. And I wanted to discuss it real quick. So AWOL nation <laughs> got together with incubus and Portugal, the man. I love incubus and Portugal, the man. I don't like AWOL nation, but they covered a, Oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. Do you remember who sings wind wind of change originally? Uh, the scorpions. Yeah. They made it worse. Like what? I don't want to go into it, but it's it's just like slower and sappier. That song's cool because of the the original song's cool because of the whole thing that like uh, it they it was like 
tape traded and and stuff throughout the Soviet Union and the Soviet bloc countries because they weren't allowed to have it. And then yeah, <clears throat> there was a there's like a big conspiracy about like did the did the CIA actually write that song to help yeah. like ferment a social movement? Like I, I listened to a whole podcast uh, like a whole podcast series about it. It's pretty cool. So. But when you have Incubus and Portugal the Man, which I think are both very creative, fun bands, and that's what you put out, they didn't I mean, bring any covers. Are, covers are hit or miss. Covers are either like really, really good, or they're like, "What are you doing?" You know, it's supposed to be on like AWOL Nation's next. Like, it's covers, and in between each song will be like poetry about like depression or something. I don't know. Cam, do you have any uh, stuff that you want to songs that you want to share this week? Uh, no, um, one was already in there. That new pup song, I've been a real big fan of. I can't wait for that new album. Um, and I can put I've also clips in and post too for you. Okay, yeah, and then also the uh, the new Earl Sweatshirt album is really really good. If you're into any kind of hip hop, that's I think that just came out last week, and that's it's so good. He is so ridiculously talented. I need to listen to the whole thing, but that was on my last week weekly rewind. So I like the single that it showed me on Spotify. Oh yeah, so 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 good, so so good. Yeah, that's about it. That's it. We did it. Thanks for listening to another episode. Thank you, Cam, for being on. Cam, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, no, just listen to uh, former critics. That's it. That's all I want to plug. Who's that? Some crappy band. I don't know. I was going to (laughs) say earlier that one of those songs that you said was in the dark, and I was like, that's the second best in the dark song I've ever heard. But then I was like, wait, is that Hoobastank song in the dark? It's crawling in the dark, so. Yeah, you're you're safe still. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for listening to another episode of Beside Ourselves. It's time to flip the record over. Sweet. We did it. Good job, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beside Ourselves. Beside Ourselves is written and recorded by Danny Lowens and Josh Schramm. Beside Ourselves is available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. If you like the show, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can follow and interact with us on Instagram and Twitter at B underscore SidePod. If you have an album or music topic you want us to cover on a future episode, be sure to slide into those DMs and let us know. The intro music for today's show is by Chris Porter, and the outro music is by Former Critics.